Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Charismatic, athletic, the guy you find at the center of attention in a crowd. Although it's going to make him blush. Because of his genuine love and spirit, that light he casts on everyone around him and makes them feel that much better about themselves. Well, these are the qualities of today's guests on In a Mississippi Minute. He's got them. From the fairways where he played his golf at LSU to the steakhouse he founded nearly 30 years ago, Tico's Steakhouse. We all know and love it. He and his restaurant have been a centerpiece and just... It's been a staple here in Mississippi. Please welcome a really great guy, Tico Hoffman. What's up, Tico? Man, thank you, Steve. That's, that's, you got, a, that, that's the best introduction I ever had in my life. Well, you're going to get the best one from me. <laughs> well, I'm I good appreciate at that. it. Thank you. I appreciate you coming uh, on and uh, and uh, it's moving back. You know, some of my greatest memories of the Greenville Golf and Country Club before I left to go to Nashville. And I remember seeing you come up. This is, you're talking, we're talking... Tico, we're talking 30 years ago. Maybe longer than that. Right? I, I moved here in 1980, but really started going up there to Greenville about 82 or so, 81. Who was your contacts? Tell me some of the... Well, well, <laughs> not, not the best of characters, probably. <laughs> uh, you know, one was my uh, Alan Mott. Oh, yeah. In, in the barge business. And uh, uh, Howard Brent was in the barge business oh, back then. So great guy. Howard's a wonderful uh, guy. Harper Myers was a, was a farmer up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buzzy Tatum had some kind of little rental... You know, rent own operation. Buzzy. That's and, uh, such a memory, and that's uh, that's really how I met those guys. Kind of funny. This is back when I was at LSU, and I guess I was uh, taking a course. You know, human health and sexuality. One of those tough LSU courses for athletes. You <laughs> know, <laughs> one of the few A's I made. But I guess my final exam was on breast cancer. Well, at the time, you know, I played a lot of golf and knew a lot of doctors in Baton Rouge, and one of them had to be a guy named Dr. Robert Elliott. And that was especially breast, breast cancer and reconstruction. So I went to him to say, look, I need to help me write a paper. I walk in his office. He says, oh, Tico, I'm glad you're here. He says, I'm doing surgery tomorrow. A good friend of mine from Greenville, Buzzy Tatum's wife. He says, I'll do this for you. Can you go take him out to play golf? Wow. Well, about six months later, I move up to Jackson, Mississippi at the restaurant called Chris Steakhouse. And all of a sudden, I see this guy. I know that man. And he's in the restaurant having dinner with Alan Mott, Harper Myers. <laughs> And they're, they came down to Cup and Jackson. So uh, that weekend, 
They said, what are you doing this weekend? Why don't you come to Greenville and play golf with us? Right. And that's how I met my Greenville connection. Wow. And then you come back and play some tournaments and all that. Everybody saw you as like, you know, there were a few people that wanted some, but the rest yeah. of us didn't. Oh, yeah. You know, let's talk about you growing up. And you grew up in Baton Rouge? That's right, yeah. Tell me about your folks. And Well, uh, my mom and dad, I guess I'm the one of one of five kids. I'm the second the youngest. So I have uh, two older brothers and an older sister. I guess probably when I was about uh, you know, 10 or 11 years old, we moved on a golf course. And so the backyard was our playground. And then back yeah. then, you know, good old Catholic family, we all had a bunch mm-hmm. of kids. And mm-hmm. every day after school, that's where we'd go. We'd go harass the golf pro at, at Sheriff Forest Country Club. But I was the only one that really played golf. My other brothers, you know, Dan was kind of a study nut. My older brother, uh, Sparky, which his real name is John, we, you know, we all have nicknames. I'll, I'll get into that later. Yeah, I want to understand the Tico yeah, thing. And, 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 yeah, nicknames. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nobody in my family has, you know, uh, <laughs> we all had nicknames. You know, my older brother's name, Dan, his nickname is Gabby. Wow. My older sister was Sarita. We call her Zeke. Wow. Uh, my older brother, the other little brother, Sparky, we call, you know, his real name is John. And then my little sister is Eileen. We call her Penny. My real name is Thomas. It's kind of funny. You know, everybody says, well, who, who, who's Thomas? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I don't who, have a clue who Thomas was. But my nickname kind of stuck with me. I like Penny. I like yeah, how yeah. do you get from there to Penny? I, I don't I don't know. It's uh, one of those strange things that uh, my mom and dad are both from New Orleans, and it seems like my dad's side of family. Did you fall in love with God? Like, was it love at first sight? I tried football and didn't care for it too much. That's all right. I, I played basketball, but I really wasn't fast enough. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, so... Uh, Next thing I know, I fell in love with the golf game. Were there a lot of people in your, in your, back then your age playing that you were able yeah. to compete with? And yeah, yeah, we had about 15 just at our club that played golf every day. So, yeah, they were, yeah. it was good to have that around yeah. you, right? And you're building that. You're working on your game. We're talking to Tico Hoffman. What, okay, your folks in New Orleans, just talk about that. So food had to be a big deal in your house, right? Had to be. Well, back then, I guess you, your mom, you know, she didn't work, so she cooked every day. So, I mean, so we you know, hung around the kitchen with her most of, most of the day. She's trying to feed, you know, really seven people. You know, your, your, mom, your mom kind of spent most of her time in the kitchen. It's a lot of Cajun food growing up? Uh, or well, just not, not really. You know, my dad was kind of a meat and potato man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so was ours. So you did Sunday, you had steak yeah, every yes, Sunday? Yeah, yeah, every, yeah, definitely, yeah. We're talking to Tico Hoffman. All right, Tico, so will your folks move? How old are you when you moved from New Orleans? to? You just said that. You were about uh, 11? Well, well, when we moved to, uh, we moved to a house next to a golf course. My mom and dad moved to Baton Rouge from New Orleans probably about 1952. And I was born in 56, so I was born in Baton Rouge. But they were, my older two siblings were uh, born in New Orleans and related moved. Always LSU fan? Family. Always LSU, yeah. You know, you know, you know it's, uh, that's the only school in Louisiana, in LSU. Well, no, no. And I know and y'all dress the attire. It's everything everything is the colors, yeah. you know. And, okay, so you're you're there. How does your high school, how was your high school golf career? Obviously, it was a, it was. Celebrated, uh, yeah, but really, I decorated. Yeah, I uh, won the, I guess, the state high school twice, my junior senior year, and uh, yeah, really kind of started the golf team at Catholic High. It was a small. I think our class only had 90, 90 kids. The school was only about three hundred people. Right now, it's a huge school now, but that was you know forty years ago. Right, right, and so the LSU was, was there any other option? You know, the the coach you probably got to know a little bit. I, I got knew. to know. Yeah, I knew Coach Bill Bryan pretty well because the golf team. Uh, used to play at uh, Sheriff Forest Country Club on Fridays, so I got to know a lot of the players. Yeah, he's, and, he's witnessing yeah, it, yeah, right? So, yeah, so it was it was kind of fun when they offered me a scholarship. Were back in the go- golf days with sco- especially the game of golf with coaches. Were they more looking for their local regional players than they are now? Uh, uh, pretty much so. And now now is you know I mean they got guys now that are getting committed when they're you know you you really freshmen in high school. Yeah. 
Wow, that's wild. Yes, it's completely changed the that whole that whole deal. You, well, I was I I became really good friends with Jim Gallagher, and uh, he actually helped my career. He was just really really loved Jim, but Sissy obviously played, and his sister Jackie played at LSU. Yeah. Now were they were were they around your time? Uh, Sissy's a little bit younger than I am. Uh, okay, she, she, yeah, she, she was she was probably about four years younger than I am. Okay, so, all right. But I but I knew both of them, you know, just from the. Connections right. between the two schools. I love it. I love it. I love talking to Tico Hoffman. We're going to start talking about the restaurants. So I got to get there. I got. <laughs> I got to make my way there. Uh, so you graduate from LSU, uh, Delta State. I always, I still have my worst nightmares about. I have to go find the degree because I'm going like, did I really graduate? I still think I have tests to take. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have nightmares too. <laughs> and I always tell. Uh, the 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 guys there and the president Laporge everybody go I think y'all need to check my records to make sure y'all are, y'all are building me up like it's something but maybe you, maybe you shouldn't go look at my transcripts you know uh, student wise were, were more were you like the social chairman at, at at your fraternity and the rush chairman and the well no I wasn't even in a fraternity you know we kind of uh, you know our golf team was kind of our, our fraternity we kind of right. you know we kind of hung together and drank beer together that, those type things. Uh, but no, no, no fraternity. Really didn't have time. Really, it's uh, you know back then. You know we 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 traveled quite a bit. Yeah, two seasons really, yeah. right? We had played four tournaments in the uh, in the fall. Then we had a you know, we had six in the spring, and then plus the SEC. And hopefully we got to the NCAA. Right. How did y'all do as a team? Uh, not not very good. We uh, you know Bill Broden left. I guess uh, I guess my junior year. So really, one semester we didn't have a golf coach. But we you know we didn't do bad. We went to the NCAA my my senior year. With or without the golf coach? Uh, we had a golf coach. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine. I had, my, I, had my be- I had my best semester without a golf coach. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> we, had our assistant, we had the assistant athletic director, mm-hmm. D. Gluck, was our, was our golf coach. And he said, okay, guys, we're going to do what we did last, last semester. So I love it. And uh, Bill Bryan had a small team. We had about six guys on team. So Get, The game of golf. It, 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 of all the games, okay, I think of things that, uh, that people get an opportunity to get to know people. There's no better Sport, right? And then in the restaurant business, they got to be the similarity of having time to get to know somebody, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you play around the golf tournament, you get out there, you know, say four hours, then you go maybe have go to the 19th hole and, and visit a little bit more. You get a lot to know about somebody, and that's really how I got in the restaurant business. Uh, really through through the game of golf, uh-huh. um, they had a little game at uh, every club, which you know, you had guys that played golf and right. a little money game and. And pretty much we played every day about 3 o'clock. And uh, one of the guys that hired me in my first job, we were playing golf. And every day he says, what are you going to do when you get out of school? I said, well, I got one more year left at LSU. If I don't make the top ten and win some tournaments, I'm probably going to, you know, look for a job and probably sell insurance. And uh, he said, well, look, I just bought Chris Steakhouse. Now it's called Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Wow. He says, why don't you, uh, why don't you come by and see if you like the restaurant business? Sounds good. Come on. And that's and that's really how I fell in love with the restaurant business because I played golf. I played golf every day. Worked at night. Really worked out nice. <laughs> I'm either I'm, I'm on my game right now. I, I figured that one out. We're with Tico Hoffman, the owner of Tico Steakhouse, for many years. And you're in a Mississippi minute. And we're going to start digging into the next chapter now that we've uh, we've got, we've we've gotten uh, Tico's background. And now it's time to move on. We'll be right back. Stand by. It's 
easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute. My man Tico Hoffman is with me. He is the founder and brainchild of Tico Steakhouse, uh, which I feel like, and <laughs> he may he may stab me with a butter knife right now, like Joe Pesci would. Uh, I feel like that when I walk in, I'm walking in a kind of a cool Goodfellas m- movie. <laughs> and I mean that as an ultimate compliment, because it's got this old school thing about it, you know? So let's back up. You, you, you're playing golf. The game of golf invites you in to this whole world of culinary and entertaining. You've entertained people your whole life. So you started Chris Steakhouse, which later come. So, so tell me the history of. I only, I only knew Ruth Chris. So when I when I hear Chris, I don't. I didn't know that. And what, where did Ruth come from? Well, uh, it's kind of <laughs> silly. Uh, guy I worked for Tom Moran used to go to. He's from. He was from New Orleans. Well, and then moved to Baton Rouge, and one day he realized that he got tired of driving. 60 miles from all to get a good steak. He said he couldn't find a good steak in Baton Rouge. So he knew Ruth Fertel, who owned Chris Steakhouse. Uh. So he talked into getting the first franchise in Baton Rouge, which he did. Well, then he built Willen and Jackson, which I worked for. Then he had one in Shreveport. So those are, that's the very beginning. Very beginning, yeah. He was the first franchisee. Wow. And uh, so about that time, I, you know, this guy, Chris, I never knew Chris's last name. He kind of said, "Well, look, you know, I just sold you that one that one steakhouse. You franchised in my name, and so then we had to change it to, to Ruth, Ruth Chris. Chris Steakhouse. Wow! And uh, that's the that's and, that, the and that's why it came <clears throat> Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I didn't realize it was a, a Louisiana thing. Yeah, so I'm, uh, out of New Orleans." Wow. Well, that's all good food as yeah. should start there, shouldn't it? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. We're talking to Tico Hoffman. All right, so you you do that. So you how do you start? Start as a bartender. Well, just kind of a gopher. Uh, you know, I kind of did everything. She was like, you know, learned how to cut meat, uh, bartend, had to wait tables. I just kind of, uh, you know, whatever needed to be done, I, I, they kind of made me do it. So that was, uh, and probably Tom Moran's driver. That was that was my. Why well, you just did it? <laughs> just, and played golf with him. Right? Played golf, yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I just I love it because he's gotten a chance to get to know and love you and understand you and believe in you. Besides. You can play. You're a player, which makes a big difference, right? Uh, you know, you you make you make uh, being a partner a lot easier for anybody. So, you start. How long are you doing the Ruth Chris thing? About ten years. I started in '79 and really left in '89. All right, when do we take? The, when and how does the plunge happen? Oh well, I guess I was I was approaching thirty years old, and I you know it, I always felt like I didn't want to work for somebody, right? And uh, kind of went on my own deal, I guess. You know, I wasn't married, you know, having fun. So I uh, went to him. I said, look, I like to buy a franchise. So, you know, we started talking. And, you know, naturally, you know, uh, he wanted too much, you know, and wasn't going to finance any of it. Right. So uh, I went to my dad, you know. I guess, you know, I tell, I tell my son, I said, well, you're not going to listen to me until you're 28. It, it took me 28 years before I started listening to my dad. Well, yeah, that's the deal. It, it, probably right. you, too. We so, have kids now. So, it, yeah. well, I've got kids. Yeah. you got kids, so I, we know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I went to my dad, and I said, you know, he, my dad said, well, I can lend you some money, you know, for 
to do this deal. And so I told TJ, I said, look, well, here's my letter right now. You're not going to sell it to me, but I'm going to go do my own deal. Right. And we kind of parted on bad terms. Yeah, it's kind of ways. And, and then we ended up making up and, you know, right. you know but he was, he was kind Tom. of upset. But Time fixes a lot. Yeah. Stuff, and yeah. then he ended up getting rid of the franchise and selling it back to Ruth Fertel, hmm. which, you know, probably would have been better if he would have sold it to me, but he probably sold it to Ruth. We'd still have a, you know, a Ruth Chris Steakhouse here in Jacksonville. Well, yeah, now you're competing against yourself, yeah. basically. Yeah. Because you, after 10 years, you pretty much became the face people knew, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what happens. And so now you go and open your own place. Yeah. And, okay, so where does the name Tico come from? Uh, it's a nickname. And, uh, you know, <laughs> my mom and dad didn't even know. They, uh, they did something out. I think my older brother was started messing with, you know, Names, or whatever, and he's somehow Tico, and that's crazy. And that's how you know, because my real name is Thomas Carey Hoffman, and and, and nobody see really, Tico, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, that's so, where it came but from. But anyway, but they they say Dan gave you my nickname, older brother, so yeah, well, that's part of the deal. I know I got a lot of nicknames, I'm not talking about it right now, <laughs> maybe they're, none of them are any good. Talking to Tico Hoffman, okay, so you, you obviously, I'm thinking I'm going to name this place Tico's Steakhouse, right? Yep, I love that. It's, so, it's, it's kind of funny because one of my one of my good customers, uh, Garrett Mares, you know, yeah, he kind of he was an advertiser business coming to the restaurant. I told him I was leaving. He's what's your name? Be? Well, you just name it Tico's. Everybody knows you, and, yeah, and that was it. Yeah, so uh, I owe him a lot. God bless his soul. He passed away, but he was a good man. Uh, so you move, you move, and uh, how long does it take you to to build the place? What was your concept in your mind as far as the decor? You know, in well, your mind, where were you? Well, really didn't have that much money. I just really just, you know, I wanted white tablecloths, you know, nice roller chairs, you know, captain chairs. Uh, I know my dad got mad at me because that's what that was my biggest budget was was really the, the chairs. Wow! And I had a, a lot of good friends uh, help me out a little bit uh, on certain stuff. Uh, the guy on poets, you know, he he had a bunch of used stuff in his warehouse, uh, and then uh, cool. T. G. Blackwell helped me out because he had uh, the Cork and Cleaver restaurant right down from the old dealership. He had a bunch of old equipment that he says, just take, just get it out of there, Tico. He says, you'll just feed me. You don't so, forget about the people yeah, that helps yeah, you every, yeah, every inch yeah. along the way, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that about yeah. you. So you, you open the, you open the place. Now, wait a minute. So has it always been in Ridgeland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it has. Yeah. So what was Ridgeland like back, you're talking 30 years well, ago? Well, that was, uh, you know, the mall had just, the, the mall had just North, opened up. North, North Park Mall North just Park opened mall. up. So really, Kine Line Road was the place to be. Okay. And they had a building. It was old Catfish Shack. Uh, it was called a couple of things. I think Natchez Land and the Derby Lodge. Right. And uh, Bucky Gideon and uh, some of his investors. You know, matter of fact, one, one guy was from Little Rock, well, from Heber Springs, Arkansas. Who, Red Apple uh, Inn. And uh, <laughs> knew uh, Stan and Lewis Lee real well. So they gave me a pretty good lease on the building, and I ended up buying it uh, from after about five years. After five years. So were you scared at all a little bit? You get a little a little yeah. nervous competing yeah. against the... Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I had some, you know, a lot of sleepless nights, you know, when you yeah. figure out... Because uh, I only had that, I had that line of credit, and you really don't want to go over it. And no, no, no. I had to pay my dad back. <laughs> Right, you had to pay your dad back. All right, so as you're as you're building the restaurant and you're starting to see momentum, when when do you feel like it turns, or did it ever was it ever just like a gradual thing, or did you feel like there's the moment? Well, that's really when when the the sport of golf really helped me out a lot. Uh, about that time, I guess about ninety two, ninety three, the old Magnolia Classic, right, turned into Posse Garrity, and we moved it to Annandale, and we had a whole influx of people there. You know that really, you know that that really kind of. Kind of help things. Got 
do you feel like that like there's never you can stack up 30 great steakhouses as long as they're great do you feel like they could survive i mean because steak when you do it right right when you do it yeah. right like you do i always feel like i mean you know that you see a cbs go next cross street from a walgreens all the time right yeah. you see popeye's next to kentucky fried chicken i mean so i'm I, I know that has nothing to do with either one i guess what i'm saying is sometimes in the steak world if it's a great steak are you good or c- could the competition eventually water itself down uh, you know, I don't know. I think competition is good. I mean, it keeps people, you know, let's, uh, let's face it. I mean, you know, I'm not a big fish eater. You know, I'm not a big sushi eater. Or that, you know, I, I like, I can eat steak every night. So. Yeah, I'm not doing sushi. Yeah, so I'm so missing. Yeah, so really, I mean, you know, <laughs> it keeps keep that good steak in everybody's mind. I mean, right. so I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a saturation point where, you know, there's only, the pie is so big, but I think the pie, is, keeps, the pie keeps on getting bigger. Right, I love uh, it. So, um, I'm really, really, you know, we got some really good steakhouses here, as, as you know. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I know, I love yeah. it. We do. So, I, I'm trying to understand. Thir- you know, it's funny. Thirty years, I'm sitting here thinking that's like the '40s. I mean, I forget that you and I are getting older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know? you know, I don't want to admit it, but we are. Uh, you're right. County Line Road yeah. was starting yeah. to pop and all that, yeah. and, and for some reason in my mind, I keep thinking that. Uh, that we're still kids and we're not. Talking to Tico Hoffman, I'm Steve Azar. You're in Mississippi Minute. We're rolling right now. We're doing our thing. All right, the dark room, the back room, the back room, not the dark room, the back room. Well, we call it, well, we call it the, the locker room. It's uh, it's something that our the old speaker of the house, Tim Ford, well, young speaker of the house, you know, he's unfortunately passed away at early age, but uh, that was pretty much his, his back room during a session and really all year round. It's funny when, you know, Tim, somebody would call, hey, we want that, we, we, want, we want the speaker room. I had to call Tim's secretary up and say, "Look, does he need it tonight?" It was kind of funny. I, had to, <laughs> I, I never it. could say, "Well, no." I, I got checked first from someone. Well, who owns the place? I said, "Well, Tim owns that room." <laughs> and uh, a lot of things happened back then. In the back, that's uh, you know, I was one of the few guys, long time, you know, loud smoking and cigars. And I remember back in the old days with old Charlie Caps and Tim Ford and Brad died. They'd, they'd have all their committee, their chairman back there in the back, and you know, they'd be back there, you know. In the, in the back room, you know, letting Charlie, Charlie Cash smoke his uh, cigar, <laughs> which, you know, these days, is, you, know, you just wouldn't let anybody do that. But, no. uh, but it's, it's kind of a unique room. It's uh, kind of back, you got to walk through the kitchen. You know, it's your own, you got your own little area back there. And uh, some people, you know, they enjoy it back there. It's, uh, it's completely private. Got a back door. <laughs> got a front door. So got to have both. You got to have both. Yeah. We're talking to Tico Hoffman, Tico Steakhouse. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Tico, we are the birthplace of American music. I know there's a lot of great music in, in, in NOLA and in Louisiana. Great. But we claim to be the birthplace of it all. So you get to play DJ. Do you like to, would you like to hear a little Ike Turner or Jimmy Buffett? Uh, I'm kind of a Jimmy Buffett guy. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. You got your flip-flops on. You got your fishing hat on. We're ready to roll. We're Tico Hoffman of Tico Steakhouse. You're in the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. We're going to be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
I'm Steve Azar. We are with fabulous Tico Hoffman. Tico Steakhouse. I'm getting hungry right now. I want to talk about the menu. What in your mind do you do you have to do you do specials at time to time? Do you feel like you need to do that? Are you tried and true to your old thing and it works and you just stay there? Or I want to know about the whole menu and where it came from. Well, you know, pretty much just keep it simple. You know, I mean, we're a steakhouse, so um, I remember when, the, when I first started working in the restaurant business. You know, we had four steaks on the menu. You know, we had you know had a ribeye strip and a uh, fillet, and then we had a uh, live Maine lobster and Alaskan king crab. And that was it. I mean, just baked potato. You know, probably only about six sides. You know, potatoes like rotten, right? And so very limited. And but you know, times have changed. So now we have you know we do have a fresh fish on the menu every day. Uh, we had to add, uh, you know, a chicken breast. Some people need chicken. Uh, so you know, it, it, it's evolved a little bit, but not much. Still, still very, still very limited. Uh, our large fillet, you know, we only had used to have one steak it was thirteen, fourteen ounces. Gosh. Well, well, the fillet. Yeah, the fillet. That's the yeah, only yeah, had, yeah, we, yeah. Only had, we only had one fillet. It was, it was, it was huge. It was, it was you know, fourteen <laughs> ounces. So, so then we had. Well, you know what? Nobody can eat all that. So then we went to a, our small fillet, which is you know, say a six to eight ounce fillet. So right. it's it's changed a little bit, but still, you know, a lot of butter. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, well, butter is yeah, so yeah, important, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, butter and you just you know in cast iron skillets or broilers. We got broilers, overhead gas broilers. Yeah, really good. And old uh, broilers got all yeah. that seasoning in them, right? Yeah. Now they've been and, seasoned. Uh, to... Yeah, you know, we we heat the plates up. You know, that's, yeah, you know, that's the whole thing. We got the the plates sizzling, so that's uh. So we're was with Ruth Chris. And then you, you obviously, because a long time ago, before the whole Palm and Morton's of Chicago and all these, right? I mean, like, everything's just so big. Yeah. Like, it's just a big. And where was, uh, were you guys like the beginning of all this stuff? Uh, I think Ruth was, yeah, definitely, yeah. She, she, she had the first really, uh, you know, white tablecloth uh, steakhouse, you know, back in New Orleans. So, uh, you know, she really had the, and then I guess it was such a simple menu, it's... Uh, right. Now, I think a lot of people now, uh, we, like I said, she used to cut her own steaks. We still do. You know, a lot of people come to you prepackaged. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And what, what about you, have you, the bacon thing? Where does the bacon th- I look, I look, look, the fact that you can put bacon around anything, anything. Like we put them around these headphones, <laughs> and it's, the headphones are going to be good. So uh, I feel like it's such a waste on a, a good piece of meat. Yeah, we don't, uh, like we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't wrap our, our fillets in bacon. Yeah, I know that. Where did that come from, you think? I don't where that came from, but you know, like you say, it's almost like a hollandaise sauce. You, know, you can put anything on hollandaise sauce, doesn't it taste It's gonna good. be good, yeah. right? Yeah, I know, I know. So, <laughs> I, I wonder, you yeah, that'd be something we need to think about where that came from because I think you're probably putting bacon around something you need to put bacon around to make it taste better. Yeah. I mean, but like, I love dove, like, I love wild game, yeah. but, but it's great, but I don't like dove without the bacon around yeah, it. Yeah, you know, so. oysters, oysters are great with bacon. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I love it. We're talking Tico Hoffman, I'm getting off kilter here a little bit, off, off, <laughs> off my mind, out of my mind. All right, the whole sides thing. When you order a thing and it comes in like a family style, right? Yes. So where does that do you? Where does that even begin? Where does it originate? You know, that's uh, I guess I stole that from Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's their the family style uh, vegetables. I mean, they've always been large portions. It's a good way to make some extra yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah. and that's you know, no, it's, okay, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny you say that. I, I, I used to play uh, when my buddy Rick Crowder was a trying to tour. You know, we'd play a lot of golf together. I'd, I'd play him five dollars a hole. You know, he, he, I knew he could beat me. You know, I might be yeah. one out of ten times. <laughs> I knew he could beat me. I said, "Well, rest. You know, five dollars had like as long as somebody's gonna pay five dollars for a baked potato, I can afford. I can afford to play." You're dang right. <laughs> no, you. I love it. I love it. Okay, so when you're doing like quality control, I mean, do you have to go back every? 
How much do you pay? Do you need to pay attention to your chefs? Really great that you can trust. I mean, they're going to be listening. So, oh, yeah. so, but, but you're the man, and it's, it's your name. Well, I got, I got two. They've been working with me over probably, uh, probably close to thirty years. And uh, wow, taught, I, I caught them how I taught them how to cut meat, and uh, you know, and uh, they know they know what to expect. I mean, they they know when they open that that cryback bag and start trimming the meat, they know if it's going to be good or not. And, and they can tell right and, then, and they'll say, "Hey, come take a look at this." Right. And uh, but we've been very far. I probably less probably less than two percent. I have to complain to my meat supplier. Okay, so tell me about the meat supplier. I mean, that's that's so cool. So you you cut your all your own. I mean, there's so many restaurants that people they they don't know that they just things are already cut and packaged and frozen and unfrozen yeah. and yeah. you know right. Well, yeah, you know, we don't our meat's never frozen, so we uh, you know we get it shipped in once a week out of Chicago. Oh, I said, well, how come you don't freeze it? I said, well, if you have, if you ever frozen a steak at your house or whatever and thaw it out, you always see you know you always have seepage. I mean, it's moisture. Yeah. And that dehydrates. When you freeze something, you dehydrate. Even if you vacuum seal it? Yeah, I think it still still gets dehydrated. Right. So uh, whenever you thaw it out, that's going to lose some of that moisture. I guess like everybody else, you know, meets what, 70% water. And so when you freeze it, something's going to melt out. How'd you meet? So 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 tell us the the all supreme leader of Super Talk, our man Steve (laughs) Davenport. Is he Frequent the restaurant, obviously, and y'all became good yeah, friends. Yeah, we came. I mean, that's it's probably been thirty years, I guess, when I met Steve. It was, uh, I'm sure, it was on the golf course, and uh, we became really good friends. I guess with uh, we had Sonny Lawson worked for Southern Farm Bureau, Dahl Warrington, who ran. Uh, it was it was called it's called Singler now, but it was MCTA, the first mobile phone. And then you know, I don't know. Tim Ford became friends with Steve and. We've had some great times. I mean, we used to we used to go to all the football games. Yeah, how does how does Ole Miss and LSU get along so well? And state and all your friends. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. is I, you know, I, I really don't. Think, it, 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 it's kind of. I guess. I, I guess I learned a lot from my buddy Tim Ford. You know, I mean, we used to go. We used to go to the Ole Miss game. We wear our Ole Miss shirt. Then we go to the state game. We wear our state shirts. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, yeah, so I went to. Yeah, 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 I always say I went to Delta State, yeah. so I like love everybody. Yeah. I mean, I used to go watch Valley State play when Rice was there. Yeah. We grew up playing ball against uh, Willie Totten, who was Jerry's quarterback yeah. at at Valley. And then obviously, I used, I've gone to watch when Walter Payton was at Jack State. Yeah. I went there. Yeah. You know, I just I love I love watching uh, our own succeed. You know, yeah. in our state, but uh, and at Southern, I always feel like Southern's got the best thing because they're they're just sort of doing their own thing. One of my best memories was of Jeff Bauer. Uh, Played, played a few rounds with him, and they're playing LSU. The only time I got to be on LSU sidelines doing a game was with being a guest of Jeff Bauer. That's probably pretty fun to be on sidelines. A little safer. Yeah, maybe not so. Well, safe. I, I was on the wrong side. I was on, I was on the southern no, side. That's not safe at all. <laughs> you know that that's just not that's not safe. I'm Steve Azar in Mississippi Minute. We're with Tico Hoffman. Uh, we if no if you guys aren't hungry as you possibly can be right now, I am, and uh, we'll all meet we'll all meet there a little later. All right, hours like like what determines your hours? Do you have people that stay? Like, does Steve stay late, and you just keep the doors open, or do you push everybody out of there? No, nah, I'm kind of a, you know, I, I don't mind cooking. I have I, I had several people call up late. You know, we used to search around ten o'clock, but if someone calls me up at ten o'clock that I know, I'll turn the grill back on. You'll still cook. do that. Yeah, I'll still cook for them. Yeah. Wow, I watched this show waiting. Anybody have ever seen waiting? And it, they're they're counting down the the cre- yeah. and it's like a. You know, it's a, it's not it's not Tico's, and they're waiting and they're counting down. All of a sudden, somebody comes in. Of course, they just get violent to the food, and I'm going like, man, I do love I do love knowing that you do that, and you still love to cook. 
And, and, and did you love cooking as a kid? Uh, not really. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, you know, the only time I really cooked, you know, is, you know when I had to. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, What about for your family? Uh, as you've gotten, you know, Well, it, you know, it's, uh, my wife says she likes to cook, but, you know, my son and I, you know, we like to go out. I mean, yeah, yeah I just, uh, you know, especially for breakfast. And like that, you know, just, you got too many dishes get dirty. You know, right. You know, it's uh, it's much easier to just. Uh, well, I know that that's part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. But, but so, I, but I don't mind cooking. But it's uh, as long as I have somebody clean up after me. Well, I know, no, I love it. I like to call a road crew. I've got a road crew. <laughs> yeah. I've like got my tour, my guitar tech <laughs> take care of my <laughs> guitars. I get weird when I can't. You know, I need somebody to tune them for me because I forgot how. When you go out and you pay attention to things, and and what what satisfies you? Well, I, I kind of like the uh, the quality of food. You know, the, you know, make sure make sure it's good. Uh, because you know, you know, these days everybody has good food, and I think service is a big thing. That's what I try to stress to my staff: service. I mean, you can have a mediocre meal, but the service is bad. If the service is bad, everything's bad. You know, I eat, totally eat. agree. The experience starts there, yeah, right? Yeah. And do you wander around like the old days? Are you you're always in your place? Yeah, not as much as I used to be, but uh, I, I still try. To, I like to wander around, and see every table, right? And just say hello. And, I just think that's magic. And, and, and some people, like, well, some people want to talk, and some people don't want to talk. So you just got to, you know, you just got to. Right, but at least you're there. At least you're. If they want to talk to you or have something to say, they can talk to you. you How big business deals you think you've seen go down in Ticos? Oh shoot, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I know a lot, right? A, a lot, yeah. yeah. Do you see it when it's happening, when it's going down? Uh, you know, well, kind of. You can tell. You know, they'll, they'll they might have another drink after after they confirm the deal and have a handshake and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're with Tico Hoffman, the owner of Tico Steakhouse, for many years, and you're in a Mississippi minute. We'll be right back. Stand by. Oh, I'm singing, I'm swimming with you. Oh, I'd rather be swimming with you, girl. Hey, team. Are you or do you know an aspiring songwriter or artist that needs coaching and direction on how to navigate the music business? Do you have a corporate event? festival or fundraiser that needs entertainment or event consultant let all access azar bring your vision to life and help you avoid the mistakes that can steer success off course with access to my a to z wealth of knowledge expertise and contacts in the entertainment business my team and i are ready to help you help assess what your goals are and identify the steps to get there i'll bring many years of expertise and network resources to help facilitate the success of your brand. To learn more about the wide range of services we offer, visit our website, aaazar.com. That's aaazar.com. Fill out the form that fits your needs, and we'll get back to you. Thanks a lot. Watch your favorite Super Talk shows in HD. Just go to supertalktv.com. Ever wonder what goes on in the studio during the shows? Now you can watch what happens in HD. Super Talk TV, streaming now on supertalktv.com. Check, check, one. Where's all my bio? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute. My man Tico Hoffman is with me. He is the founder and brainchild of Tico Steakhouse. Let's just talk about how long you're going to go. And even if you retire, would you really ever be, you're still going to be around? I mean, can you imagine yourself just playing golf now? 
no. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy going to the restaurant at night too much. It's, uh, right? It's, you uh, still love it? I still love it, yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. Talk about chefs now. I mean, I, I think about chefs, and I always when I interview my chefs, I always talk about, you know, when I interviewed Cat Cora, we became yeah. pals, yeah. and there's great storytellers, um, and they're nuts while passionate about what they're doing, but it's like a wild frontier for a lot of the whole new culinary thing. So will it ever, Do you? could you ever see your restaurant turning into something else or evolving into something once your son comes and takes over because he's not you. I could probably see that. I mean, you know, that, you know, they, they don't the Williams. I, I finally got a computer system put in for him. So it's, uh, I, I think it's probably going to change a little bit. I think, you know, you got to watch the, I think the portions are going to be smaller, more fresh food. We already seen that in our, in our produce, you know, everybody tries to buy locally fresh and organic right. stuff. So it, it you know, it, it's, it's changed. It, it, more people get more health conscious. They like, they, uh, they eat more, Healthier, if, if, if you want to yeah. say. Well, um, you said portions, and yeah, that's, yeah. everybody looks at caloric. I mean, think that, okay, well, if I work out and I do this, if you if you put more calories in, then you take, you know, I mean, you're going to gain yeah. weight. If you take, if you if you burn those calories, you're going to, you can lose weight, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it's pretty simple. So you talk about fresh vegetables and all yeah. that. I mean, yeah. how, how, how into that are you with local? Yeah, in, uh, in most of down, now most Not floor, what is it, dog? Uh, uh, salad days. Salad days. Okay. Up, up in the floor has a big hydroponic plant. Um, and what we, is that? Uh, from my, my, my Well, they, they, grow, they grow the stuff. There's nothing sauce in water. But Cisco is doing organic stuff now. You know, they, 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 they buy. They have to now, right? You know, they, everybody's got to buy. You know, everybody wants that local, you know, the deal of, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, this mass-produced stuff is all. Right. They still do it, but it's uh, it's all. Have you of, noticed the quality up a little bit with the fresh? Versus? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Our lettuce is off. You know, now it's not really. I guess it's called a spring mix. It has mixed with you know different right. different lettuces. Can you kind of dictate that, or do you just? I mean, does your does your salad changed at all? Uh, yeah, because I used to just do iceberg lettuce. Right. I was a big iceberg. I still love iceberg. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I like a, a good a, a, a good wedge wedge salad. salad. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's to me. That's a whole lot better than all that other you know oh. messed up stuff. You know, with alfalfa sprouts. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I kind of keep keep it easy. <laughs> we're talking to Tico Hoffman, and we're gonna have the whole world figured out by it's all said and done. Tico, I really can't thank you enough for taking the time, and I'm looking forward to playing some golf with you. Because I know we hadn't we hadn't done eighteen holes together. We hadn't played in a long time. I mean, been, I think, yeah. you, know, you might have been in Greenville back then. I mean, that's when we played the you know the, the cancer tournament. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. So how much? How before we go? How often do you play golf a week? Uh, not a bunch. As I, I used to. I used to play every day. Now maybe I might play once, twice a week max. Technology is helps helps. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, I think I still hit the ball probably about the same distance I did when I was in college, just because I of do the, not the, the golf the golf ball and the and the driver. Yeah, you know, we we're hitting wood, you know, old, old woods. Yeah. yeah, remember the ping per, woods, yeah. persimmon woods, persimmon o- woods, Ogan yeah. woods, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The ball, the biggest difference too. I think the ball makes a real big difference. Golf balls definitely go farther now. All right, what about the rule changes? What do you think? I think rule changes are good. I think they're probably overdue, really. I mean, some of the, some of the rules they had were kind of, you know. I was trying to think of one the other day that they had that I felt like, oh, that they didn't do, that I felt like they should have done. But there are a lot of changes, yeah. and I think they're trying to speed the game up. Yeah. Right? You're seeing a lot of nine-hole, play nine, yeah. you know, and and there's par threes. I saw this one par three course advertised. There's only five holes. And you come play five quick holes, oh, yeah. you know, and just do you think golf's at a point where it needs to uh, to get people to be able to first of all afford it, and second of all have the time to do it? Yeah. Do you think that that's a good thing that they're? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think the you know the number of golfers I think is decreasing. You see all the golf courses that are, that have shut down. You take uh, just here in Jackson, Mississippi, Colonial Country Club mm-hmm. it was here forever. You know, it it, it shut down. Uh, you know, which is kind of kind of shocking. You never think it, right? Yeah, well, the old golf course I grew up on in Baton Rouge shut down. Wow. Which you know, kind of you know, it's. Uh, I say, I guess like the good news when they shut it down, they sent me a. They had a plaque in there where I had the course record. Oh I, so I, I guess nobody. The course I said nobody's going to break that record. What was now. the course record? <laughs> Sixty-three. God, that's low. Oh. Wow, is that the lowest of your life? Yeah. And did you do that uh, in a competitive match? No, just uh, one of our little one of our little afternoon gambling games. Man, he won some cash that day. Yeah, that was a good that was yeah. a good day. As long as you birdied nine and eighteen or whatever. He go- all right, well, listen, I'm going to eat at Tico's right now. I'm on the way. As you, you can see me, I'm out the door. And I appreciate all you do for the for Mississippi. And just I love the fact that we stole you away from Louisiana and, and you stayed, you know. I mean, it's uh, just ever think about moving back when it's all said and done to Louisiana or is this home? It's home, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's home. I, I love it here in Mississippi. I love it. It's been, it's been good to me. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on in the Mississippi Minute. We've been Tico Hoffman. Actually, his name's Thomas, but... It's Tico. His, if his brother Dan named him Tico, we're going to call him Tico. Yeah. You got to check him out. You got to go visit him and say that uh, that you heard him on in a Mississippi Minute. But uh, it's been great having you. I appreciate you. Oh, hey, thank you, Steve. Thank you. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Want to know what's happening with your Ole Miss Rebels? Get insights and analysis from Brian Scott Rippey and Colin Brewster on each episode of the Rebel Report Podcast. You'll get the inside track on Ole Miss Athletics. The Rebel Report Podcast is free and available on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Rebel Report on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Rebel Report Podcast from Supertalk Mississippi. Better than finding an open parking spot on the square. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.